Amen. What a blessing to be in the house of God. Praise God. For just a few moments, turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 73. Not a strange text by any means. One that I feel definitely led of the Lord to bring to you today. I appreciate your prayers for our family right now, but I do rejoice what God has done for my older brother in moving him to a better place. Amen. God bless you for being here. Psalms chapter 73. I'm going to read verse number 15 down through verse 17. Asap, the writer, said, If I say I will speak thus, behold, I would offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, and when you... When, when he references this, he's talking about all the things in the previous verses. If you go back to verse number 2 and everything that, that he mentions, when he said, I thought on this, it was too painful for me to think on. Until. Everybody say until. Until. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. I want you to notice that he did not say until I came. Coming and going can be incidental or accidental, but the Bible said he went into the house of God. Purposely going there. And I am thankful that we have purpose to be in the house of God today. Simple subject, what to do when faith gets sick. Amen. Praise God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and praise Him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. You must understand that our text is written from the perspective of having been there and come out. Asap is writing this psalm to us from the perspective of having won a great battle. And he has come through some very difficult waters. He has navigated some treacherous things, and he has survived. I love to hear the story of survivors. Amen. I love to read of those who overcame. Amen. I don't like reading the account of losers. I don't want to be connected to losers. I want to be connected to winners. And I'm thankful that ASAP, in spite of everything that happened to him was able to navigate his way through, and he overcame. And in overcoming, he learned some things, and he gained some things for life's journey that I'm sure that were going to be with him for the rest of his life. And basically, this psalm 
is an explanation of what happened to him and how he made it through it. It is an understanding that these are the things that took place and this is what it took for me to overcome. Asaph was one of David's three chief musicians. He is mentioned in the Bible as being a skilled musician and a spiritual seer or prophet. He was a man who was both gifted and spiritual. What a combination. I've met a lot of people in life that were gifted but were not spiritual. But when you find the soul that is both gifted and spiritual, there is quite a combination. He was one of the worship leaders of the sanctuary, and he was one of the men who led that spiritual endeavor of God's people. Yet, in spite of his spiritual leanings and understandings and his gifts and his even his spirituality, he found himself struggling with some things in life that he didn't understand. He found himself battling something that almost got him down, something that almost took him under. He grew bewildered and perplexed and troubled by the day. Hours passed upon hours and life was filled with many questions and few answers. He saw life and he saw the inequities of life. He saw that things that he had been taught and told didn't seem to reconcile with the reality of life. That the wicked were prospering but the man who was doing good and trying to live righteously was struggling, and some of them barely making it. Things did not seem right to Asap. Things were not as they ought to be. There, in his mind, there was no sense of justice in all of this. That something about this picture is not right. And in my own way of putting it, I... I have to believe that Asaph came to a point in his life when he looked at things and he said, how in the world can this be? How can it be that things are as they are? How, how can everything be turning out the way that it is? What is right about this picture? It was the struggle of a very spiritual man the struggle of every soul at some time or other in life is to try to square <clears throat> what we call the facts of life with the faith that we live by. And sometimes it's hard to balance what seems to be a fact of life with the faith that we are challenged to hold on to and to give ourselves to. The kind of struggle that this man was going through began to mess with his thinking. And it does all of us when we get into this kind of situation. It drew him into the arena of doubt. And doubt is nothing more than faith that has gone sick. 
Doubt is nothing more than faith in the reverse. It is the power to believe the negative rather than the positive. That's what doubt is. And so in Asaph, this spiritual man, this seer, this prophet, there were some things that were rocking his world that he couldn't balance and he couldn't make work out in his life. And there there were these startling facts that the wicked were prospering and the unrighteous were being promoted. And it appeared that everything that he had done in his life to be right with God had been for nothing. It appeared to him that all of his good living was not worth a plug nickel because his good living was not producing what he saw in the lives of those around him. The kind of struggle that I'm talking about will get into your mind and into your heart It will get down into the secret places of your life where the riddles and the contradictions of life seem to be greater than anything else. We begin to doubt things that we have been taught. We begin to question things that we know to be true. And we begin to argue the right and wrong of things. What was the worth of right living and right doing if what it produced was nothing more than the pain that he was going through at that moment. And so he comes down this slippery slope. Doubt is a very slippery slope. It's a very subtle grade to begin with. It doesn't seem to be much. It's such a gradual declension when you start questioning and doubting and wondering and you start bringing in all of these arguments about life and about the fairness of life and about how, injustice, uh, how injustice is everywhere around us, it's not a steep slope that you start down. But the problem with doubt is the farther you go down that slope, the steeper the grade becomes. And you get to this point where you start slipping and you cannot gain your footing. And I'm preaching to some folks that are here this morning that's on slippery ground because what began is just a simple question or a simple doubt in your mind has moved now to where the grade is getting a little steeper and there's something going on in your spirit and in your mind and it doesn't, well, it doesn't balance, it doesn't make sense. And life as it appears at this moment doesn't seem to be a fair shake. Is it really necessary for me to do this and be saved? That seemed to be the question everybody's asking nowadays. Everybody wants to know what a heaven or hell issue is. That's a low way of living, folks. If all you're worried about is this a heaven or hell issue. You know what you're telling me when you ask that question? You're asking God, how low can I live and still get by? How little can I do and still make it? And that's what happened to a good man. So if it happened to a good man, I know it's happening to some of us. Because life can sometimes do some things to you that makes you wonder, where is the fairness in it all? 
Where's the justice in what I am seeing? Where is the righteousness? What is the worth of what I've sacrificed? All of these years I've lived for God, I've honored God, I've paid my tithes, I've given my offerings, I've served in every capacity. I've done everything from clean the toilets to teach a Sunday school class. And here I am struggling and somebody sitting across the row or in another place in life. We see them prospering and they're throwing their nose to the wind. And they're throwing their thumb to God and doing whatever they want to do. And we look at that and we say, what is right about this picture? God, you're going to have to help my mind this morning because my thinking is messed up. I need something that will help straighten out this crooked thinking. And so Asap struggles with the fact that it seems that all that he had done... All the right things that he had done in his life had been for nothing. When I could have cheated and made advances. When I could have, I could have slipped something under the rug and, and got promoted. I was honest and I got fired. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those inequities in life. Those things that the harder you try to do right, the more wrong seems to laugh at you and mock you with all of its success and all of its glory. He was going nowhere, and the wicked were all advancing. They were living it up. Good people were struggling. Wicked people were prospering and partying. Questions questions, doubt, it began to flood and something got in his spirit and it, it infected his faith. And the more he thought about it and the more he struggled with it, the sicker his faith got. So much so that he, he was even to the point of trying to express his, his, what was in him. But then he realized that... It's not good for me to talk about this to anybody because I could influence them and I, I don't know that what I'm seeing right now is a true perspective of life. I don't know that what I'm seeing is really the reality and I need to be careful what I'm saying. Every day it got weaker. Every day it got sicker. Every day it got bleaker. The more he tried, the harder it was to try. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? The most spiritual among us have known the pain of doubt and the questions of life. What I would like most of all to point out to you at this point is what he did in this situation. Even though his faith was growing weaker and his faith was getting sicker, he did not... Give in to his doubt. Nor did he give in to the sickness that was in his soul at that moment. But he fought it off. I don't know how long it was from the time it started until we got to the, pa the passage that we read from. I just know that evidently it was some period of time from the beginning of all of this to where he is in our scripture reading this morning. 
But somewhere along that journey, he gets close to that slippery slope of doubt. And he starts going down that and he realizes, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, this isn't where I need to go. I, I don't need to keep going. He began to fight against that thing that was pulling him down. And he fought until he fought it off. Amen. Nothing could get better until he came into the sanctuary. He said, my feet had almost slipped and I had almost gone down until I came, until I went into the sanctuary of God. And when he got there, something happened. Something took place there that turned all of this picture around. And that's what I want to get to this morning. When your faith gets sick, what you have to do and where you need to go when your faith gets sick, when, it, when, it, when, it, when you're struggling trying to live for God and you're struggling to try to balance it all and it doesn't seem right. And if you listen to the conventional wisdom of the day and the philosophers and the soothsayers of this world, they'll tell you that you're wasting your time. Look at me. I'm not doing any of that and I'm prospering. Look at me. I'm not living that way and I seem to be doing all right. Look at me. I'm not living by those standards or by those rules and I seem to be doing okay. Then he came into the house of God. I'm so glad there's a place that we can bring our troubles to. Oh. I'm so glad there's a place that I can bring my problems to. I came this morning with a problem. I'm thankful that I came to this place today. Oh, yes, I'm thankful that I entered into his house today. I'm thankful that when I got here, there was an atmosphere and a spirit that began to lift my heart and it began to lift my spirit and remind me of the goodness of the Lord and the mercies of God and how God can work things out. Even if it takes 40 years, God can turn it around. God can bring them back from the brink. He can restore. He can renew. He can refill. Hallelujah. Praise God. But when he got to the sanctuary, there are three things that the Lord spoke to me that I want to share with you. Number one is he, gained, he regained his spiritual balance in the sanctuary. He was going down a slippery slope. His life was actually listing. It's a nautical term that means the boat is not in balance. And if it doesn't get corrected, it will certainly go under and so it was with this man whatever had happened in his life things were slipping things were they, they were leaving him and there was this uncertainty and this instability in in his life everything that he had counted on Everything that he had lived for, it was being shaken under him. And he's, he's trying to keep his balance, but he can't seem to keep a balance and a, keep a clear mind when all of that's going on until he came into the house of God. And when he came into the house of God, there's all of a sudden this hand that reaches out and steadies him and brings that vessel back to an upright place. 
and in the house of God there is this regaining of balance. In the house of God, the things that he is wrestling with, the questions and the fears and the doubts, here they find a balance and somehow in his presence they find their place and we gain our bearings. How many times have I come into this place and my life was reeling? Oh, but when I came in, to the house of God. When I came into the sanctuary, there is this steadying influence. There's this hand that reaches out to get hold of me. There's this spirit that draws me. And my mind may have been somewhere else, but when I came into the house of God, there's something that reaches out and pulls me close. There's a love that I can't explain. There's a mercy here that's unmerited. There's a grace here that you can't understand. There's a, there, there's a compassion. There is a long-suffering. There is an understanding that reaches out and pulls me. It said, you're in the right place. Yeah, you're in the right place. And he begins to settle down the tossing, tumbling waves of life and stability come. But my stumbling stop. When I come in, to, I'm stumbling. I'm, I'm, I can't hardly even keep my footing. But when I get here, it's like something goes down in my feet and they stand firm. What seemed to be going away from me suddenly turns and now it's coming to me. My stumblings, my, 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 my inabilities suddenly find a fulfillment in His adequacy and in His presence. And in this house, all of a sudden, this, this prophet's life began to regain its balance. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody here this morning that life has so affected you that you're, you're so out of balance, you, you don't know up from down right now. You're making decisions that are so wrong, but you can't see them because your own perspective is so skewed. You can't even see that the things you're saying... Even this man knew it was wise enough that when you're in a state of doubt, don't voice your doubts. Don't go around telling everybody, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Because you may get over it, but you've influenced somebody else and made them think, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe it's not worth living for God. We need to learn how to keep our mouth shut when we're in the time of trouble because what we say in that time is really not a true perspective of what's going on in life anyway. And so here in the house of God, there's this balance that comes. There's some of you that are so overweighted right now with your problems that you can't even see straight. You, you, you can't even think clearly. And, and, and the only thing that you've got going for you right now is where you are. The fact that you are in the house of God, that you have come to a place where God's presence and spirit can be felt, that's the only thing you've got going for you right now. Because this is the only place in life that you're ever going to really get and find balance for your life. You're not going to find it out there. All they're going to do is just keep weighing you down with the stuff that's about to turn you over anyway. They're going to feed your doubts. They're going, to, they're, they're going to tell you that you're right. It's not worth it. You're wasting your time. You're a foolish person. 
So we find balance. The second thing the Lord spoke to me is that He found that when He went into the sanctuary, it lifted His point of view and how important that is. Because when you look at things from a mere earthly perspective, life is very discordant. Life is very unfair to use a term that's often thrown around. When you look at life and the movements of life as we see it from this perspective, it seems hopeless. It seems like there is no solution, that the problems are insurmountable. That's from earth's perspective. But just think about it. We are, we are on an, a globe. We're, we're in a, on an earth that's moving, rotating, and spinning, and going in this orbit. And when you think about, you look at things in in, in the sky, the one time it's here and the next time it's there and another season it's there. and that's, that's life. But if you could ever get a perspective from the sun, the sun is fixed. And from the sun, all of those chaotic movements suddenly come into a perfect order. And they make sense in the way that they operate. And so it is in our own spiritual life that until we can get to the place that we can see from the sun's perspective, that we can get to the place when we can get high enough. When you can get high enough, there's a lot of things in life that are not worth fighting over. When you get high enough... There's a lot of things in life that are not worth stressing over. They're not worth falling out with people over. When you get high enough, there are things that you see from that perspective that you cannot see from this level. And all that you see from this level is impossibility. It's never going to work out. It's never going to be solved. But somehow in the presence of God, He lifts me up. He gets me out of my limited view of life. And He brings me up into a spiritual dimension where I can see the true worth of things and the true value of what matters and I gain a better perspective on life and you find that only in the sanctuary. You're never going to see life as it needs to be seen from any other place than right here. You're not going to see it at, the, at Walmart looking at the magazines that show all of the things that you can do to your body to make your body look better or make you think your body's better or all the aisles that you walk down that tell you that if you'll drink this or you'll take that or you'll eat this, you'll be a better person. And all it does is just trap you in its web and it never produces what it says it's going to produce. Cocaine. Drugs of any kind, they never produce what they say they're going to produce. Alcohol never gives what it says it's going to give. But what it does give is a gift that you really don't want. It's, it, it's a gift that hangs on. It's a gift that once you get involved, it doesn't want to let you go. 
And so it is with all of the lies that we tell ourselves about life to justify why we're doing what we're doing or justify the way that we live or the decision that we make. When we get on this perspective, it's easy to make those kind of judgments. It's easy to say, I don't need you. It's easy to walk away from a relationship. It's easy for you to say, I'm not living like this anymore. But if you ever get into the house of God, if you ever get into the presence of God, He'll lift you up and give you a perspective of life that will make you understand, hey, it's going to be worth it all if I keep serving Him. It's going to be worth it all if I keep doing what I'm doing. I must not falter. I must not give in to the lie. But when faith gets sick, that's what happens. The only place that faith can be healed is in the house of God. The only place that faith can be healed is in the presence of the Lord. This is the last thing the Lord said. Tell them that in my house they become more aware of their destiny than their circumstances. Your circumstances are like the wind. They change they're like the seasons. They come and go. Everybody is going to go through this in life. I don't care if you're a perfect saint. You're going to go through hills and valleys. There's going to be times you're going to feel so high. There's going to be times when you're going to feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. There are going to be times you're going to feel like you've got to reach up to touch bottom. That's life. And if you base your life off of your circumstances... Your circumstances are going to pin you in a corner. And they're going to block your mind from thinking that there's any way out. That's what happened to Robin Williams. Robin Williams had a way of influencing the world. He had a talent to make people laugh. And he, he, he used that in, in some good ways, I'm sure. But somewhere in his life, he got so low in his life and so low in his thinking that all he could see was what was wrong. I've got this problem and I'm, I've got this problem and I'm battling addiction. I'm, I'm battling alcohol. And he saw no way out. And when you get to that place, what he did is what many other people do. Not physically, but spiritually commit suicide when they walk away from God and throw it away with all the time they need just to come into the house of God and if they'll get there they'll understand that their circumstances are not what should drive your life but your destiny I'm going somewhere there's an end to this thing the tide is going to turn it is going to turn and all of those people that think they're getting by, they're not getting by. There's a reckoning day coming. Oh, yes, there is. And the Bible said we're going to stand before that great throne, small and great, and we're going to give account. But when you come into the house of God, it's amazing how circumstances begin to fade and my destiny, my calling, my God, His mercy, His love, His goodness, they begin to be elevated. And when I start looking at those things, I realize, you know what? This is going to pass. 
I'm not always going to be in this situation. It's not always going to be this bad. I don't need to make a mistake in this hour. What happens when your faith grows sick is what happened to ASAP. It's happened to some of you. Some of you are struggling this morning because of things that you just can't make way out. You've been a good worker, and yet the job, the, your, your, your company's still treating you like trash. And yet you know people on your job that are cheating, and they're being promoted. You know people that are hobnobbing with everybody and patting the right people on the back, and you're just trying to live by a rule of righteousness. And they're getting advanced, and you're just struggling. Or you're living with a spouse, or uh, you're in a relationship that they just don't seem to understand you. They don't seem to know you the way they need to know you. And so in our culture, the D word is the first thing that pops up. We think that's going to fix it. You hear me. And I'm not afraid to preach this this morning. I made up my mind last week. If I'm going to be your pastor, I'm going to be your pastor. And if I'm going to be a watchman on the wall and I see something and I don't say it, then I'm going to answer to God for it, so I'm going to say it this morning. Divorce is not an answer. It's just another set of problems that you've got to deal with. And I understand that that happens in life. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying that that should not be the first thing that you start talking about when you run into trouble. What you need to do is get yourself into the house of God and stay there until you get a better perspective and understand that I've got a destiny involved here. I've got a family involved here. I've got my future involved here. My God, stand to your feet. I need to shut up. Life challenges our faith all the time. There are many things that life can do to us that will cause our faith to grow weak and get sick. Some of you are struggling with that right now, but amid all that pettiness, all that wickedness, all the selfishness, all the smallness, all the quarrelsomeness, you need the help of the sanctuary. You need the help of the sanctuary. It's the only place that you're ever going to make sense of things and it's the only place from which you're ever going to make right decisions. So, Brother Hughes, I don't believe that. I don't have time to prove it to you, but I could prove it to you countless times over. People that leave the sanctuary and make decisions more often than not don't make the right decisions. But when I make a decision around an altar, it's the only place that difficult questions can be answered. It's the only place that trying situations can be healed. It's the only place that the mysteries of life can be made to, be make, to, to make any kind of sense. It's the only place that I can find meaning in my life. This is where the frightening experiences of life can be brought into a light and find peace. And this is where my faith can be healed. This is where my faith can be restored. This is where my faith can be renewed. (laughs) This is where my faith can be strengthened. I'm struggling. Brother Hughes, I I barely made it this morning. I, I feel so weak. I feel so inadequate. I'm here to tell you you're in the right place. 
you're in the right place. If you'll just let God do what God's good at doing, He'll help you. He'll help you. Amen. Reach over and take somebody by the hand right now.